Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. Now, 20 years ago, guys, 20 years ago, there was this guy in our church, and he was in his 20s, and he walked away from God. He's single. He's going into nightclubs and asking girls out every weekend, and uh, which, you know, for a single guy, it's okay to ask the girls out. And, but he was doing one thing that he shouldn't have been doing. He was telling all the girls he's asked out that his name was Joe Caminetti, pastor of Believer's Church. I didn't know it. I didn't know he was doing it. But one night, he's in a nightclub, he, he asked this girl, or he's talking to this girl, he said, I'm Joe Caminetti, pastor of Believer's, I've got to get your phone number. She said, sure. But then she had to leave early. So she calls the church that week, and she gets our secretary, and she says, I'm so-and-so. I met Pastor Joe in a nightclub last weekend, <coughs> and he wanted my phone number, and I didn't get a chance to get it to him. So she said, could you give him my name and number? And the secretary, her jaw dropped. It was like, what? She was afraid to come tell me, so she went to Tina. And uh, so... <laughs> So she tells Gina, this, this girl called it, said she met Pastor Joe in a nightclub. And, uh, and Gina goes, well, he's home every night with me. I, it's, something's up here, you know. So she comes to talk to me and says, honey, I have no idea what this is, but this girl said she met you in a nightclub. I know, I know you're home with me every night. She's, so we, we came up with a strategy. We said to the secretary, uh, call her and tell her I want to just have her come in. I'll, I'll have a little, you know, we'll, we'll talk. So she sets up a meeting. The girl walks in my office, and the first thing she says is, you're not Pastor Joe. I said, yes, I am. She goes, no, Pastor Joe's 6'3 and blonde. I said, well, that's not me. I said, I'm Pastor Joe. And so she described the guy to me, and I figured out who he was, and I was able to call him and, and say, please don't do that any longer. Uh, but, and he, he stopped. But can you imagine all these people thinking I was a swinger, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> A married swinger, pastor in a church. Now, you know what happened? Here's what happened. Here's why I share the story. He stole my identity. And we're going to talk about how the enemy wants to steal your identity. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Identity, or today, identity theft. And you have an enemy that wants to take your identity away. And I want to welcome you to the new series beginning this weekend called Baptized. And we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about four different baptisms. And it's a unique word in the Bible because it's the Greek word baptismo, so they never translated it. They just, what they call transliterated, they just wrote it with English letters. So if you see baptized baptism, it's just the Greek word written. So that's not the definition of the word. But the word literally means to immerse, to submerge fully into something. So Gene and I this summer, we took our grandkids, Joey seven, Riley's four, we took them to a hotel. We do this every summer now. And we have an overnighter. They love to swim in hotel pools. And then we do a pajama party in the room at night. So I'm in the pool three hours the first night. Uh, Gina, Gina, I told her, you can rest. I'll take them in the pool. So I'm there with Riley and Joey. Riley has uh, her floaties on. She's four. And she goes, I want you to teach me how to swim, Poppy. So I sat her down. And I said, here. And I showed her the strokes. And I said, then you can dog paddle. That one works, too. She's like, all right. And so I said, do it, do it with your floaties. Learn. She goes, I don't want my floaties. I don't want my floaties. So I took her floaties off. And I'm, I'm holding her belly. And I say, okay, go ahead, kick and swim. She goes, you can't hold me. I don't want you to hold me. I said, honey, 
you're not ready yet. You have to learn the, the kicks and the move. She said, don't hold me, don't hold me. So I said, okay, and I let her go. And she sinks to the bottom. I let her in there about five seconds, figured she won't drown, but next time she'll let me help her, you know. So I pick her up, and as she's coming out of the water, she's soaked, and water's coming all. Here's, here's what she told me. I thought she'd be crying. She goes, did I swim, Poppy? Did I swim? <laughs> I said, that was the best underwater swimming I've ever seen in my life, honey. And uh, she was immersed. She, she was immersed. That's what baptism means. And God says, talks about four baptisms. So it's really important. There's not just one. There's four, and you and I need to be aware of all of them. So this weekend, we're going to talk about the first one. And, and this is what we're going to talk about. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus when we believe. So when you said, Jesus, I believe, the Holy Spirit took you and He literally immersed you into Christ. It's an amazing thing. Now next week I'm going to talk about this. Christian leaders baptize us into water. Pastors, our pastors here, when people are water baptized, they baptize them in the water. These are two different things. Notice how one, the Holy Spirit's immersing, and the other people, ministers are immersing people. And these are often confused in traditional churches, and they confuse the two, and they read one when it's talking about the other. And water baptism is a type and shadow of what we're going to talk about today. So next week we'll talk about water baptism. And I'll tell you what, every week I go over my notes with my son Joe. And I have them done weeks ahead of time, but I sit down with him and I just say, hey, if you can think of a story I'm missing or think of something I can say more creatively, because he's very creative with words. So we go through water baptism and he says, Dad, this is an awesome lesson. And he usually corrects me and he changes things. He said, I don't have anything to add to this. So that, I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the fun, it's going to be a blast next week. But that's next week. This week, this, we're this. All right, now listen. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. Now, how does that happen? Well, you're a three-part being. Many of us know this. You're a spirit. That's the real you. You live in a, a body and you possess a soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions. So, when you say, I believe in you, Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes your spirit. You don't feel it. You can't see it. And he literally immerses you into Christ and you become one with Jesus. That's called the baptism into Christ. And all these incredible things happen as a result of that event taking place. Water baptism, one of the things that it is, is a type of that. But it's amazing. So here's our scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And it says this, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and some are Gentiles, which means a non-Jew. Some are slaves and some are free. But we, all, we have all been baptized. This is referring to when you accepted Christ. We've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So the Holy Spirit took you, and he plunged you and made you one with Jesus. And just like our human body, the skin kind of holds everything together, but all these parts, but we're one, that's how it is with Christ. Every one of us have literally been emerged into Christ. It's absolutely amazing. I like the way John says it, 1 John 4.15. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, that's when you say, Jesus, I believe in you, I'm going to follow you. God lives in them. You're the house, the temple of the Holy Spirit. But here, here we go. And they live in God. I think it's amazing, absolutely amazing, that you have been immersed and I have been immersed into Jesus. Not only is God in us, we have become one with God 
in what we call the Spirit, and it has brought you these tremendous, tremendous benefits. So I want you to walk out today. Here's what I want you to remember, all right? You are what Jesus is. I hope to help you understand that more clearly than you've ever understood it. You are what Jesus is. Now understand, we're not part of the Godhead. We're not part of the Trinity. So we're not that. And it's a good thing, right? Because if I was part of the Godhead and I could control things, whoo, a lightning bolt would have hit one of the presidential candidates already. It, the race would be over, all right? Um, I'd control everything. But aren't you glad I'm not in control, right? Aren't you glad you're not in control? We're not the Godhead. We're not the Trinity. But you are what Jesus is. You're created in His image, His likeness. an amazing thing, okay? So I, I see three things that are really important. We're going to have fun with each of them. Here's the first one. When the Holy Spirit baptized you into Christ, you died with Him. You died with Him. Listen to this, Romans 6, 3, and 4. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, notice not into water, but into Christ Jesus. Traditional churches will, will think this is water baptism. It's not. It, it, water baptism symbolizes it. It says we're baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. I like this part. We too may live a new life. If you're a Christian, you have the power and you have the right to act and live like Jesus. Why? Well, because the old you died. I like what the next verse says. Listen to this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin. So you know how Jesus died on the cross? When you said, I believe in you, the Holy Spirit took your spirit man, the real you, and he literally immersed you into Christ and you died instantly. The old you is dead. I like that. That's amazing. So I like to say it this way. The old me died when I said I do in the act of marriage. And I want to just compare this to marriage. So here I am. I married Gina. And the old me died when I said I do. And guys, we all know that's true, right? Who we were before we got married, we're totally a different person now. And ladies, that happened with you too. So I want you to just think about it. When I said I do to Gina, the Joe that was single died. And I remember when I was single, um, like we just came through worship here, you know, and I would worship during worship, but I, I, I gave it a different name. Instead of worship, I called it lookship. Because right around the third song, I start looking to see if any new single girls were in church. And I was just on the hunt, you know, and I'm just hunting. And once I said I do to Gina, that, that guy died, right? And then we're dedicated just to, to one woman. And all kinds of other things changed. The old me died. I remember I grew up with six brothers. And we used to have these, we, we called it toot raiding. And we would raid our toots, right? And... and uh, we never did it in public, only in our house and only when it was just us. But we would share it and then we'd rate it, you know. And we'd see who could have the loudest and best and all that. So now I'm married. I'm married just about four weeks. And Gina and I should have probably never did it at dinner time. We're having dinner. And I, I just had such a good one, I let it rip. And she gave me the look. Guys, do you remember the first time you saw the look? I never saw it till that day. 
And it scared me. It's a look that just sent chills through my, my very being. And then she looked at me and she said, you wouldn't do that to your worst enemy. And I said, you're darn right. This is just meant to be shared with friends. I did. You can ask Gina. That's exactly what I said. And I told her about the contest I had with my brothers. And she said, well, if you want to have those contests, you can go live with your brothers. So it's never happened again, ever, 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 ever. When I said I do, I died. When you said, Jesus, I believe in you, you died. You know, maybe you had critical parents. You know, all those critical things they spoke over you. Do you know that person's dead now? Doesn't even live. But up here in our minds, we don't know that. We don't remind ourselves. And so we still think we're the same person. It's not true. All those negative words that were spoken over you, all those mistakes that you made, all those things you did, man, that person is dead. And even after we're a Christian, isn't it possible to just even do worse or, or keep doing the same thing? That's because we don't know. That guy died. And you are totally different. As a matter of fact, listen to this. Number two is you look like him. You actually look like Jesus. God didn't just have you die. He put a new person inside of you. And I want you to listen to this. This is a pretty incredible verse. Galatians 3.26 says this. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And see the phrase, in Christ? That's throughout the Bible. Sometimes it says in Christ, sometimes in Christ Jesus, sometimes in Him. Every time you see that, it's referring to the baptism into Christ by the Holy Spirit. You're now one with Him. So he says, in Christ, you are all children of God through faith. So when you said, I believe in you, Holy Spirit put you right in there. Listen to what happened, verse 27. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Notice again, in Christ. So thank God for women and men. Thank God for ethnicities. But as far as the real you on the inside, you clothed yourself with Christ or you were born again. And that's why Jesus said to Nicodemus, he, he came to Jesus in private. He said, what do I have to do to go to heaven? And Jesus said, unless you're born again, you cannot. And he said, I can't go back and be reborn from my mom. Jesus said, no, I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. So when you said, Jesus, I believe in you, not only did you die, you were literally born again and you clothed yourself with Christ, which simply means you look like him. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, we see the phrase again, the new creation has come or been born, the old has gone, that's you died, and the new is here. Now, this Greek word is kinos, you don't have to remember it. You know what it literally means if you look it up? It literally means a new species that just came into existence. One scholar says it this way, a new species of being which never existed before. That's why I say you look like him. It's absolutely amazing, guys. So think about this. When you said, I believe in you, Jesus, you died, you were reborn, that's your spirit man, and your spirit man literally is a new species that's never existed before, and get a hold of this, you look like Jesus. You have his character, his nature. That's why the Bible tells us we're holy, we're righteous, 
and we're blameless. Now our heads don't know that. We have to reprogram our heads to know that. We can still live the old way, but think about this, God is love. How many of us have trouble at times forgiving people that wrong us? Do you know that your very nature is love? So here's the trick. The trick is you and I renewing our minds so we see ourselves for who we really are. And when we do, that changes everything. And you can only do that by hanging out with God, hanging out in the Bible. So take some of these verses and just read them through this week. Let God change the way you see yourself, and then you'll begin to live it. It's kind of like marriage again. Um, You know when you're married a while? Gina and I will be married 33 years in November. Do you know we finish each other's sentences now? It's the most crazy thing. Uh, We'll both be in the same situation, and we both uh, can finish one another's sentences, or Gina will say something, I'll go, I was just going to say that, or I'll say something, she'll go, I was just going to say that. And it's just like you become one because you spent so much time together. Now, my mom and dad will be married 65 years soon, and they're both 88, and they turn 89. My dad turns 89 in November, my mom in January. So I go see them on Thursday mornings. I have coffee with them. I uh, go about 7.30, stay till 8.30, come to work after that. And it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. They're just a little fragile now, you know. They have the same breakfast. They eat the same lunch. They eat the identical same dinner. And so dad peels a grapefruit and an orange. He splits it in half and puts half on each dish. Gives a little hand of walnuts, and they sit there like little birds and eat the same exact breakfast. My son Joe came over one morning to hang out with his grandparents, and they were telling him about lunch. And they said, we have an avocado sandwich every, every day for lunch. And so they eat this little avocado sandwich. What's happened? Well, they've hung out so long together, they're just the same. I mean, they act the same. And that's what God wants you to do It's renewing of the mind to where you and I begin to program our thoughts to where this didn't change, but we have to tell it, hey, I'm not the same person. I died with him. I look like him. And here's one more. We're seated with him. And where you sit really matters. Listen to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. It reads like this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Notice again, in Christ Jesus, you were baptized into him. So you died, you look like him, now you're seated with him. That's, that's an amazing thing. You're right where he is. And it, it comes with these incredible benefits. So years ago, a friend of mine said, I want to take you to a Cavs game. I said, sure. And we got there, and I literally, his seats are on the, they were the front row, and my feet are on the court. I had never been that close ever. And the Cavs, LeBron, this is before he left the first time. It was his last year before he left the first, that, that one time. I shouldn't say first because he's not leaving again, right? So I'm sitting there, and we're right across from the benches on the other side. My feet are on the floor. I want to talk to you about the benefits to come with seats. But uh, they, they did one thing that night. It was the craziest thing. Um, they were doing celebrities, and they put a celebrities picture and then they put someone in the crowd's picture, and they called it lookalikes. And they put James Gandolfini up there, and uh, the, he's the godfather in The Sopranos. And then they put my picture next to him. So I'm sitting there, and I don't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden, all these people around us are saying, you're on the screen, you're on the screen. And I look up, and I'm telling you, walking out of that place, I know at least 30 people from Mahoning Valley grabbed me and said, Pastor Joe, I saw your picture up there. I was just watching it. And we had a ton of people from here at that game. But here, here's what was so beneficial. I'm sitting right in front of Detroit warm-ups, 
and I'm a Cavs fan through and through, but I love when Chauncey Billups played for Detroit and Tashawn Prince. I just love those guys, and Chauncey's right in front of me. I shook his hand. I said hi to him, um, took some pictures, and then I'm watching LeBron dump right, dunk the ball just right in front of him. It was incredible. You know what else came with that seat? They had a five-star buffet right underneath the seats behind me, and I could go in anytime I want, halftime before, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. They kept it up the same time, and so I'm back there eating prime rib and, and shrimp, and they even had hot dogs, I mean, from anything you wanted, and it all had to do with the seat I was in. Think about it. You're seated with Christ and way better benefits than shaking Chauncey Phillips' hand or whoever, way better benefits than five-star buffet. They've come with you seated, sitting with Christ. And I'm convinced if we as Christians wake up and see what we have, it's going to change our very lives forever. And so we saw in chapter 2, verse 6, we're seated together with him in Christ. Let's see where he's seated. Let's, let, let's just see what the Bible says about this. It's, it's Ephesians 1.20, and it reads like this. He exerted, God exerted great power when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand. So Jesus is right at the right hand of God. It goes on to say, in the heavenly realms. So in Christ, you're seated right there, right next to God. It's a position of authority. Listen to this. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Translated. All right, you ready? You're seated right next to Jesus. According to these verses, Jesus has authority over everything. Now, we don't have authority over everything. Remember the lightning bolts. We can't do that. But guess who we have authority over? The enemy. Our enemy. And everything he tries to throw at us. So I'm looking at a group of people who are seated with Christ, and we have complete authority over fear, anxiety, all those kind of thoughts that try to bring us down. We have we have authority over sin and temptation to sin. And every one of you in this room, if, if we just remind ourselves and, and help ourselves renew our minds, we are not only dead with him, not only do we look like him, he's given us authority over all those things that try to bring us down. And you have the right to speak to temptation and tell it no way. You have the power over everything that tries to pull you down. And so think about some of those bad days you have. Think about some of the things that keep haunting you and taunting you, and you have literal power over all those things. And here's what I'm convinced of. When we wake up to the incredible truth that we've been immersed into Christ and we're one with Him, it's going to change the very way we live. And I think this is a message that brings hope like nothing else brings into our life, that you and I are seated with Him, we look like Him, and so our lives begin to change, just like in marriage. We begin to just see it, and we act like Him. We live in peace. We live in joy. We live in a place of victory because we're one with Him. So I want to ask you a question. How many of us are really excited that we have been baptized into Christ and we're, we died, we look like Him, and we're seated with Him. Can we just thank God for a moment? Can we give it up 
and we say thank you, God. I'm excited about it. So now we need to pray. Let's close our eyes, let's bow our heads, let's pray. Lord, I did my best to bring this truth out. For many of us, we've heard it many different ways over the years. Others, hearing it for the first time. But Lord, only you can open up our understanding by your grace. And that's my prayer, Lord. Open up the eyes of our understanding. Lord, make this real to us and help us to renew the very way we see ourselves. And Lord, for those that are hopeless, I thank you for infusing them with hope today. Lord, for those that have been, that have been in a state of fear, anxiety, whatever it is, struggling with sins, I thank you, Lord, for elevating our thinking and helping us see we are people who can take control and we can say no and we can resist and we can walk and live like Jesus. Thank you for helping us understand that more clearly. Heads are bowed, eyes are closing. Lord, I thank you as we continue to pray. I just thank you for opening up hearts and eyes as we go through this week. Make this real, make it practical to us, Lord. Guys, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to make one more invitation to prayer. Maybe you're here and you're not sure of your forever. You know, everything I taught, it happens when you say, Jesus, I believe in you. And right now, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Nothing wrong, all great things. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day when you made it real and you said, Jesus, I believe in you. I'm deciding to follow you today. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember a day like that, but I'm ready today to do so. I want to pray with you. You say, I'm ready. Pastor Joe, I've never made it real, but I'm ready to make it real with Jesus right now. And everyone else in the building, as we pray, would you help them pray? And if you mean this from your heart, a miracle will happen. You may not feel a thing, but everything we talked about today, plus more, is going to happen in your life. So go ahead and say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. And I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Now heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Like I said earlier, you may not have felt anything, but you have been baptized into Christ. It's a miracle. God gave you the gift of eternal life. That's amazing. Heaven's your future destination. God's your Father. And something else is happening right now in heaven. The Bible teaches us that every time one person on planet Earth gives their heart to Jesus, that God and all of heaven begin to celebrate. I mean, they're clapping. They're going crazy up there because you've now become part of God's family. You've now been reborn and heaven is excited. You're going to spend eternity with God. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.